Hello again, everybody. This is Dan Clauser, president of the Big Vision Foundation. Welcome back to our Stepping Up to the Plate podcast series. Today I'm joined by one of our former players, Adam Frederick, better known as Freddie. Uh, Freddie, thanks for uh, for joining me today. Thanks for having me down, Dan. So uh, just, uh, you know, we love talking about um, our old players and the lessons they've learned and, and all that sort of stuff from the, the Berkshire baseball days. And we've now, you know, as you know, evolved into – Big Vision Foundation, but uh, you know Berkshire baseball is still the heart and soul of, of what we do, and being able to, you know, teach kids, um, you know, leadership skills and life lessons through the game. So, um, you know, I call all you guys kids, but you're now uh, you're now over thirty. Yeah, thirty one. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. <laughs> uh, just think of how old it makes me feel. Um, but. Uh, you know, just tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, some of the experiences and some of the stuff that you learned, you know, as you played for us as a senior in high school. And, you know, then you went on to, to coach in the organization, help coach in the organization. Just tell me a little bit about how those experiences have, uh, you know, molded you into the man that you are today. Well, I think that uh, the biggest thing for me was being around other guys that were, you know, equally or sometimes much more talented than I was. Um, when you come from your own little school, well, I came from a little school, you're usually the, you know, the the one-man show or whatever. But when you come to an organization like Berkshire Baseball, you, you are surrounded by guys who are as good or better than you and probably work, maybe work harder than you. And so that pushes you to become uh, everything that you can be it, it doesn't allow you to slack off or coast at all. And the amount of talent that was in the organization when I was playing in 2003, uh, in the fall of 2003, our team was loaded with guys from around the county and surrounding counties that were, that, you know, went on to play D1 or dominate D2. And, and a couple of them played professionally for a little bit. So just being able to find a role uh, it, it teaches you to that you're not always the star, you know, and even if you are very good on a really good team, you have to, you know, f- try to fit in and fill a role that needs to be filled. And a lot of times it's not the all-star, the, the you know, no, not everybody can bat third or fourth. So, you, you know, somebody has to bunt, somebody has to, you know, break up a double play. And those kind of things are lessons that are, you know, transferred from not just baseball but into life. You know, somebody has to take out the trash. Somebody has to do the, the stuff behind the scenes. And, and those are lessons that, uh, you know, can be used throughout life. So, as you said, you, you came from a smaller school. You graduated from Fleetwood. And, uh, you know, when you were playing, you were, you know, definitely one of the better players at, at Fleetwood High School. Was that a difficult adjustment? Um, you know, going from the the big fish in the little pond, so to speak, to, you know, that fall when you get there. And like I said, you're playing with, you know, several guys on that team in particular who went on to play professionally, one who actually got a cup of coffee in the big leagues and, and Zach Lutz. So, you know, how how was that adjustment? Was it easy for you or did you have to kind of – For me it was easy because uh, that's kind of like my nature to be that way. And as a catcher, I think it, it is – sort of ingrained in your personality to be uh, thinking about everybody else 
rather than, you know, what best suits you. I think that's the nature of the position. Also, uh, I played ice hockey when I was a kid, and up until that year, that was the first year that I stopped. And you, that that sort of culture doesn't exist uh, in hockey at all. Uh, I mean, barely. You barely never see that. Uh, the showman, my, you know, from out for myself kind of um, attitude, it, it doesn't really exist in that sport. So for me, uh, it wasn't that hard. And that's kind of my nature to take the back seat and do the little, try to do the little things. But uh, I'm sure it, it, it probably is a shock to some of the other kids that, you know, still are playing for Berkshire. Right. And I think like the biggest thing I think that uh, you mentioned there was the nature of the position being a catcher because obviously um you know i was a catcher as well and that's something where you know as a catcher it is that mentality where you know you are the guy who nobody's going to see your face um but you know you're the guy who you know if a no hitter's thrown you know they're not carrying you off the field on their shoulders but the guy who is being carried off he knows how important you were in that role and you know so it definitely does take a you know a special mentality to be a catcher because you are you know concerned about everybody out there so just talk a little bit more about that you know that mentality of of being a catcher and and you know why you liked you know again you you were the as a catcher you're kind of a silent leader more than more than anything like i said you're the man behind the mask but uh you know, you're definitely in charge. Yeah, you, uh, I was always drawn to it because you touch the ball all the time, and you and uh, you have you have the ability to use your vision. So from behind the plate, you're seeing everything. Nobody else on the field uh, has that same vantage point, and you are allowed to. Uh, use your your thinking to your advantage in a way that I don't think any other position is able to to take advantage of so what I mean by that is you're calling pitches uh you're you're looking at runners you know who's on deck you know who's in the hole you know uh you know like I said who's on first who's their running tendencies you look you're looking at your defensive uh, alignment and you're using all that information like a computer to, to call pitches that are going to, you know, put your your pitcher in the best position to get outs and get out of the inning. Um, so, like, if you're playing right field, you're not really doing any of those things. Right. So it just allows me to uh, gather all the information, which I like to do, and uh, use it. At, you know to the best of my ability yeah and I, you, you know you're also really an extension of the coaching staff as well um you know because i know when uh you know when i had the opportunity to actually coach you in the the optimist team I mean, there were two different types of of mound visits you know that i would make um and one was where i had a very specific reason to go out there and talk to the pitcher about something and you know on those visits you know, I'd basically motion to you to just stay at the plate. I, I didn't really need you out there. But then there were the other visits where, you know, you could kind of see a guy struggling a little bit. And, you know, really I would kind of meet you 
uh, midway to the mound on your way to the mound um, you know so I'd not take that direct path to the the pitcher because I wanted to get your opinion as to whether he was he was done or not before we yeah. we got out there um, you know so it, it really is something where you know you are an extension of the you know the coaching staff so you know with that with that thought process um, you know you you then went on and you helped coach in the organization um, for only a season or two um, so how how did being a catcher then help you you know in coaching because what you know probably a little known fact is um, I, I forget the exact number but I want to say it's like 72 percent of uh, minor league coaches were former catchers and I, yeah. and I think that's a telltale sign um, so how did being a catcher help you then uh, going into the coaching realm yeah it's a natural uh, transformation or progression to be you know, it's no it's no surprise that that many catchers are coaches in professional baseball, and probably that number probably holds true throughout all levels of coaching. I would imagine. Um, really, if you were going to hire, it's kind of hard to believe that you would hire anybody else other than a catcher. <laughs> you know, the number should probably be more like ninety percent, <laughs> because uh, those people are the ones who are actually have had on the job sort of training if you want to call it like that um their whole career it's the same thought processes that you're having as a catcher are the same ones that you're going to have to have as a coach so you've had years and years of experience uh being trained what to th what to be thinking about uh whereas if you're a relief pitcher you're not thinking about any of those things ever so you know, the catcher's a psychologist, uh, you know, strategist, a game caller, you know, a rah-rah guy sometimes. Uh, you know, sometimes you got to yell at somebody and get them, you know, in line or whatever. Um, but you're thinking three moves ahead. You're kind of playing chess out there, whereas everybody else is sort of playing checkers. And <clears throat> that's – it's a, such an easy thing for a catcher to be – to move into a manager, uh, you know, a manager coach. Yeah, and it, role. it's funny all that stuff that you said there. Um, you know, one of the catchers who played a couple years before you, Mike McGinley, um, who's now an attorney down in Washington D.C., had spoken at our banquet a few years back, and uh, he he said the same thing that being a catcher actually really helped him in the courtroom. Where you know, as a catcher, just like you said, you're trying to think three moves ahead, and as an attorney in you know, courtroom setting or litigation setting, same thing. You're trying to, you know, think three moves ahead. So it really is amazing how that correlates. So we're just about out of time, but one of the things we're going to talk about in our next podcast, because you're going to be back next week, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, what you're doing now. Uh, you're an entrepreneur and a, a business owner at J. Nolan Salon in uh, Fleetwood. So we're going to, you know, kind of continue this conversation and talk about how being a catcher and being a player helped you to, you know, go into the world of, uh, of business. So thanks for joining me this week. And uh, for more about Big Vision Foundation, don't forget to check us out on our website at bigvisionfoundation.org. Thanks a lot for joining me, Adam. Thanks for having me, Dan.